uh, hello, uh, my fellow Americans. My name is uh, Richard H. Johnson, but uh, you can call me Dick. I am excited uh, to officially announce uh, my candidacy for the uh, President of the United States of America. Now, uh, a few weeks ago on this uh, fine show, which is uh, an American institution, you uh, heard from the candidate running opposite me, uh, Willard T. Pickens. So I thought it was uh, about time you heard from the big dick himself. Now, uh, Mr. Pickens seems to be more concerned with uh, ashy tree bugs than the real problems plaguing our beautiful nation. There uh, has been a lack of direct communication from our leaders to the great people of this country about these problems, and that ends with Dick. When uh, you elect me as president, I promise you'll never have to wonder what that old Dick in the White House is doing, because you'll uh, have Dick delivered to your eyes and ears every single day via your uh, internet machines. Dick will uh, be all over the internet. On Twitter, Dick. On uh, Instagram, Dick. On uh, the uh, Facebooks, Dick. From the minute you wake up to uh, the minute you go to bed, you'll know about Dick. You'll uh, always know how hard this dick has been working. And believe me, this dick isn't afraid to uh, break a sweat. If you uh, allow dick into your lives and into your homes, you will not regret it. My uh, opponent may say that by voting for me, you're getting a soft Johnson. You can rest assured that I stand rigid with the uh, resolution to finish the job I start. Uh, help uh, support dick this uh, election season by visiting www. DickSupport.com and uh, use the code MindGapPodcast as you donate to receive your very own I'm a Dick Supporter bumper sticker. Uh, remember, together we can thrust our way to the finish. This week's episode is brought to you by Elfin and Castle, located at 185 North Wabash and 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois. Look, I know you're looking for that perfect English pub experience so you can grab some incredible drinks and tasty food. Elfin and Castle has you covered. They have excellent daily drink specials, happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., and some delicious-ass food for you to chew on while you watch some fucking sports. Come on down to Elfin and Castle at 185 North Wabash or 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois, and tell them that Mind Gap Podcast sent you. Hey, gang, on this week's episode, Doug and I kick things off by talking about breaking the news to a four-year-old that unicorns aren't real. Yay! Shattering dreams. We then go through the insane amount of fan responses to our latest discussion about what is a sport. I ask Doug a Hague-inspired question, can a movie be bad if you like it? And then we finish things off by pondering different situations where we'd have to make the ultimate sacrifice. So, find yourself a billy goat, strap a party hat to its head, and tell the child that unicorns do exist as you both irresponsibly dive into episode 237 of Mind Gap Podcast. Doug, say the thing! Mind Gap Podcast. Well, there's one thing that we know about the coronavirus, that it is uh, very susceptible to shark attacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sharks can't get it, just like they can't get cancer. <clears throat> False. Sharks can't get cancer. 
That's how we beat them. Um, the sharks? <laughs> the cancer? Yep. So. <laughs> We're playing the long game. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I don't see any shark doctors, do you? I. <laughs> yes, there. No shark oncologists around, huh? I'm pretty sure those do exist. <laughs> shark and they're doctor. called uh, marine biologists. No, I meant like sharks that are doctors. Oh, you don't know. You haven't met every shark. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. I mean, they could be. Uh, no, here's a question. Uh, I, because I had met, I said, you know, are, do you guys think you're safe because you're an island? Technically, they're not we an are, island. No, <laughs> every man, every landmass is connected underneath the water, deep underground. Um, it isn't weird. I mean, technically, we're an island too. If you take into consideration, existentially, you mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hard no. Uh, <laughs> Every man is an island. Uh, no, they're, uh, if you take into account our entire uh, North America going all the way up to like the North Pole area, uh, then down, you know, our us, and then Central America and then South America, uh, technically all of that together is one giant island. Ladies and gentlemen, Hag Nahigian has joined us tonight. Uh, welcome, Hag. I don't think he could have put together that. <laughs> I think he's the one that started that theory, sir. <laughs> That's, that's got Hag Nahigian written all over it. You know, technically, guys. Hag Nahigian is the biggest anti-Pangeite you've ever... <laughs> we Pangea's a fraud! We've always been four giant islands! Why are they called the four elements? Four separate things! <laughs> oh my god, that's You're so welcome. funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Alright, gang, we gotta get into it, because we got a lot to talk about tonight. So much stuff. Uh, I want to start with something I posted on social media the other day, the unicorn controversy. So I want to tell you the story. You seem riveted. I'm, I'm ready. ready. You're ready. You're I don't ready. want to interrupt. I'm just ready. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready to go. So uh, my wife recently uh, traveled uh, for business to uh, Dick Cock, Washington Dick Cock. Um, and uh, oh. <laughs> I was legitimately thinking, I'm like, Dick Cock. <laughs> Because there's a bald knob, Arkansas, and I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm like, there legitimately could be a, a dickock. There's, there's a weird, yeah, the place is a weird place. I don't know. Um, there's and a butthole, Wyoming. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, so it was just Natalie and I. I was uh, hanging out with her and stuff like that, and I was getting ready, her ready for bed. She loves unicorns. Absolutely loves unicorns. Has unicorn pajamas, clothes, has stuffed animals. Just a huge fan. And uh, while she was getting ready for bed, putting on her pajamas, she goes, Dad, she says something along the lines of, like, Dad, where are the unicorns? And I said, <laughs> just instinctually, I just go, well, they're all gone. And she just, like, looked at me and gave a frowny face and slowly pushed out her bottom lip. And I was like, well, I mean, oh, no. I go, well, I mean, they're mythological creatures. And so that, and I'm like, I'm trying to explain what a mythological creature is. I go, like dragons, she's like, where are the dragons? I'm like, oh shit! Nope. Oh no! We're done! To- Joe! Joe! I was like, ah, come just, back! Uh, I was like, oh my god! I just, I essentially was like, yeah, they're not real, but I'm also not gonna pretend that they are. 
I mean, I showed you that picture my mom sent me. Right. You know, which was full on real. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My mom sent me a picture. She, I posted this and she's like, you remember when we saw a unicorn? Jokingly, of course. And it was a picture of when she took me to the circus when I was a kid. And it was a goat, as Justin described it, looking like it was wearing a party hat. Yep. And it was a billy goat with a party <laughs> hat strapped to it. That was the unicorn. Even when I was a kid, I was like, that's a goat with a horn glued to it. Like, I knew. I was like, impressive. Very impressive. It, that's got to be, though, one of those things where... Because I've never really considered that as, as, a, as a kid... Having to come to terms with the fact that something you see in movies and in stories and whatever is not real. And like in your head, because you don't know any better because you haven't learned yet, in your head, full on, oh, that's a thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm going to see it one day. Yeah. And then falling in love with that thing, being like, oh, it's my favorite animal. And then someone has to break the news to you. Hey, guess what? Nope. Yeah. That is just, a, that's, that's kind of fucked up. It was so, this is such a weird st- comparison but there was um a movie called galaxy quest starring tim allen sigourney weaver familiar familiar with it there's a really great point at the end of the movie where the conceit of it is it's basically like star trek actors hate their job they actually get beamed up to these alien races they go on a galactic galactic adventure everything like that and at the end of the movie the bad guy who's like this giant like space bug he wants to watch tim allen essentially tell jerk off into jerk off into some soup it was a space soup. Right. So um, he wants him to explain to this creature that like thinks he's real why he's not. Okay. He goes, we're actors. He's trying to explain it. And then the, the bagger goes, no, explain it as if it were a child. And he just turns to me and goes, we lied. And I'm like, and that to me is like, that's how you have to yeah. break it down for a child. There's no nuance. Right. To it, because actors lie. They are professional liars. They Absolutely. are lying. Yeah. They are they are saying there's something right. and they're not. Like, right. That's the base description of it, and it's the same thing with something like a unicorn. I can't be like, well, it's an imaginary creature based on mythological this and that and whatever, <coughs> and you know Oops. all that sort of stuff. And she's not going to get it. She's not right. going to understand. She's going to be like, so where are they? I'm like, they're not. They don't exist. I'll say this though: mm-hmm. you don't know that they weren't real at one point. True. Done. See, I agree. Guys, there we go. I really thought that was going to be an hour-long debate. No, of course not. All right, I'm fair like, enough. I, I don't. <laughs> but, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I just turned to her. I'm like, they didn't get on the ark in time. You know? There's your made-up story. There it is. There's my made-up story. <laughs> May, make Wayne proud on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, he is kicking his daughter off right. Yes. Stories of the ark. Yes, yeah, sorry. Of the covenant. Didn't make it. Right. Sorry. They, uh, they overslept. Right. They were... As, as that uh, 60s song, uh, the... Uh, there's a, there's a song about talking about how the unicorns were laughing and frolicking around and Stars they were banner. they were fucking around. Basically, the unicorns were fucking around and they weren't listening, and so they're dead now. Well, and that's how actually, you have to. That's the, the story you have to tell your daughter before she goes to bed. <laughs> there was a robot chicken episode, like snippet of that, where I think it was it was unicorns who slept in. They're like, oh my god, we're gonna miss it, and like they're running, they're like trying to get it, and. and <laughs> Noah's like, we gotta go! And they left, and they're like, no! And like all these other dinosaurs are like, no! We missed it too! And he was like, only two! And then like, there was like a fairy flying around, he's like, kill it! <laughs> like, trying to, like, just, he, was, he was very clear on who he wanted. He goes, right. didn't you tell them the right time? He's like, yes, of course I did. Of course like, he just did. decided he didn't want him on the ark. No, nefarious Noah. I thought it was very, very funny. Nefarious Noah and his ark. And that's essentially I was like, well, you know. Did she finally accept it? 
Yeah, she moved on pretty okay. quick. She's kind of at that age where she's not going to dwell on it yeah. too much. She's like, cool, let's go brush teeth. I'm like, all right. You know? But just in that moment, she just kind of goes, mm. When I come over next time, I'm going to full-on tell her I saw a unicorn. That's cool. Yeah. And I'll just I'm take gonna Jared's keep re- advice. I'm going to keep reigniting this. I'm going to take Jared's advice and just say they're in Scotland because they're on the Scottish flag. <laughs> or the, oh. The coat of arms. Well done. I was, and he actually, by him saying that, I was like, oh, I actually need to look this up. And sure enough, there's like a unicorn on there. I was like, what the fuck? It's Bunch so of liars. Unicorns are just skinny rhinos, says e 7 You know what? That's a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love, too, because uh, Jared goes, uh, you should just tell them they're from you're in Australia. He goes, if we have platypus, I mean, anything can happen. <laughs> what else have we not discovered in the fucking outback? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. we've got this, then it's plausible that a horse of the horn would be This thing here. makes no sense yeah, right. at all. <laughs> it doesn't, man. That's the most bonkers creature. Oh, 100%. So it's just like, it's it's a combination of so many. I mean, obviously, everyone's joked about yeah. this. But the fact that the thing is like a duck, mongoose, and part <sighs> elemental because right. it shocks things, like... What? It has venom, I think, too. It's right. insane. I think my favorite was uh, Robin Williams when he was talking about it. He was talking about how you know God smokes weed. <laughs> and he's just like, look at a platypus. Mm-hmm. There's no argument. Yeah. Like, you see out there going, all right, <clears throat> let's take a, take a beaver. <laughs> Put on a duck's bill. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He's a mammal, but he lays eggs. <laughs> That's right. Here you go, eggs. Darwin. <laughs> It's also like a Family Guy bit where there was just like leftover parts. They're like, here you go, God. He goes, um, ta-da, and like walked away. <laughs> it is, uh, it is just the, yeah, it is the weirdest little, uh, little fucking thing. I was thinking the other day as Beth and I went to um, Florida and we went to, we stopped off at Universal mm-hmm. and saw the Harry Potter thing. Fucking amazing, nice. amazing. We waited uh, two and a half hours. Yeah. For Hagrid's motorbike, magical creature, adventure, whatever. Hagrid's motorboating. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent. Come in for a line. Yeah. Um, but. Harry. Uh, <laughs> you're a wizard now. <laughs> My wand. <laughs> but uh, I, I do have to say, worth it. I yeah. wouldn't wait in line again two and a half hours, but it was about an hour in, I'm like, well, we're pot committed at this point. Yeah. So we're doing this. Yeah. And as as we wound through the castle and through the whatever and, and down through the... It was almost like a cruel joke because we started to go underneath the castle. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was it was as if someone had tunneled out like a mine shaft. Mm-hmm. But it kept getting narrower. Oh. And you, you, there was a, a couple hundred people behind you couple hundred people in front of you. Oh, Jesus. No way out. Oh, man. And I started to get that. And I don't get claustrophobic, but I started to get the feeling of like, okay, uh, I need to round this corner and see like the ride. And I would round the corner and it was just another, it was like a tiny little corner and then another long hallway of that. And I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And so we finally got to this little opening area and I was like, this has to be the ride. Nope. It was another like zigzag where you like you... Uh, snake back and forth like mm-hmm. with the line it was just like a, a botany lab or something and uh-huh. so then you would do that and I was like okay back to the back to the tunnels for another 45 minutes or whatever I'm like okay and then we hit another zigzag point and then the ride and oh, it was man. it was tough but the ride was fucking amazing at the end of the ride is a unicorn <laughs> And it was a, it was fucking awesome. And it had its, <laughs> it had its baby unicorn there, and it got me to thinking because it's the first time I've seen them. You know, 
uh, in the cartoons and, and movies and whatever, but first time I've seen like a well done animatronic mm-hmm. like twenty feet from me, and I was looking at it, kind of going, "All right, if this thing was real, <laughs> yeah, you know." And it started to get me thinking, why don't we see, why do we not have any animals that have four legs and wings? Because typically unicorns are shown with wings as well. No, I don't feel like that's true. I think like it's a Pegasus. All right. Well, then a Pegasus. <laughs> this thing had wings. So, because if it has, Maybe. A, if, unicorn, Maybe it didn't. Unicorn, obviously, one horn. Oh, the hippogriff has wings. The hippogriff is... The it's got, it's got hooves, claws, and wings. Yes, correct. Right. Yeah. Regardless, yeah. doesn't matter. Griffin. Why also. don't we see? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't we see things with four, four legs and wings? Because I asked Beth, I'm like, is there anything that exists that has that? And she goes, No, not that I know of. And I was like, Why don't we see that? I think just I'm thinking biologically. Because technically, I guess that'd be six appendages, right? I guess. Yeah. But then an octopus has eight. It does, but it doesn't fly. Well, you could argue it's the unicorn of the sea. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that's yeah. right. I've, if you listen to a lot of podcasts on uh, marine biology, <laughs> like I do, uh, they often refer to oh, it as the unicorn. Oh, the unicorn of the sea. Look at it You fly. mean the narwhal? Oh, no. The I'm what? T- the narwhal? That's made up. Oh, Look at the octopus fly through the, fly through the, uh, the, the, the ocean. Fly through the water. Narwhal. So it's, it's a whale with a horn. Doug, I can Photoshop things really quickly, too. I'm not going to look at it. Natalie also is a huge fan of narwhals right now. Well, shock her. <laughs> Tell her that's a unicorn. <laughs> there you go. That's a unicorn. That's, this is literally the It's unicorn also the, made up. The narwhal, or narwhale, is a medium-sized tooth whale that possesses a large tusk from the protruding canine tooth. It lives around the Arctic waters around Greenland, Canada, and Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Common here's misconception. A, the narwhal the is here's not. I thought this was a made-up thing. Until, Did you really? Until I went to the aquarium, the Shed Aquarium, recently with Natalie, and I'm like, oh, these are real? So wait, what was that like for you? Because that's the... I felt I, dumb. That's the counter to what happened with Natalie and a unicorn. Yeah, I felt really, really, really dumb when I was like... But like, did you have a hard time reconciling it? I was like, not really. But I just felt like an idiot because I'm like, oh, those things aren't real. A whale with a horn? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And then I was like, wait, huh? I'm like, Yo, Jill, are these real? <laughs> and she's like, Doug, you're looking at one. She says, yeah. I go, but th-. I was like, because I got Natalie like uh, a stuffed one. Yeah. I was like, oh, sure, we'll get the narwhal and whatever. And I'd heard them talked about on a on another I, podcast. But I got her this fake stuffed animal. I actually heard about narwhal on a podcast, okay. a, a horror podcast. Was it the marine biologist podcast? It was not. Oh, uh, man. The, the White Vault. And they're like, that's, that's about the size of a narwhal. I'm like, cool, mythological creatures. There's a lot of spooky <laughs> shit happening. Hey, real. I didn't look it up, and I was like, wait, this <clears throat> is real? I love it. Okay. Love it so much. Like, uh, Jared says 10 points if you can guess which Aussie coin the platypus is on. Obviously, it's the five-cent coin. It's the 20. It's the quarter. All right, Jared, which one? Is it? Who won? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Ta-da. Ta-da. Um, yeah, so interesting. Interesting stuff. And, and I think that's a great question. I, I want to say biologically, I think it's just – and I have no basis for this because I'm not a doctor. But I think – the way that it's the, – the amount of force you would need to lift yourself off the ground with that while also having all of your other uh, other appendages I think would be extremely difficult hmm. to do. Well, I mean, bugs kind of have that, right? There's yeah, I guess so. bugs that 
Like beetles and shit like that. Yeah, technically we do have that, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. So, but I guess just, you're talking about like larger animals or mammals or things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something like bigger than a bread box. Yeah. <laughs> bigger, bigger. Why the bread box? Why not? <laughs> standard than, standard unit of measurement. Larger than two full size ten ounce cans of twenty eight uh, Marzano whole Marzano peeled tomatoes. <laughs> About that size. About that's, that size. That's what I'm looking for, Two guys. Two can stacks or side by side is what we're talking about. Woo! Doug wins. Uh, uh, no, it's the twenty cent piece, not a quarter, a fifth. A then he said, but then he says Doug wins, so I will take it. False. Why do you have a 20, 20 cent? That doesn't make sense. Because it's Australia, man. Because we're you know one fifth, baby. That's it's Australia. Go. It's Australia. It's, it's Australia. Australia. Uh, we had some. Uh, I gotta say incredible absolutely incredible feedback on our last more than we've ever seen uh people chiming in on our last week's episode about uh that we touched briefly on what was a sport is about nascar a, third, a sport about of our third of our show was a dedicated to is nascar <laughs> a sport and what i loved is um a listener chimed in after hearing he sent me a message he was like this is what it is and I took his message and I put it up. And I think people thought that that's what we thought it was, the right. definition. And everyone had something to say about it. And I loved it. Yeah. I eventually had to amazing. clarify. I was like, by the way, this is not what we think. Right. This is what another fan someone said. Someone sent this to us. So I was like, tell us what you think. So this, uh, the original <clears throat> uh, came from a gentleman by the name of Eric. Uh, and he, this is his determination from this. So his, his definition of sport is... Twofold. One, it must be played with a ball or a puck or similar object, which is manipulated by players and used for scoring. Number two is that it must take place on some type of specially bound or designated field of play. I thought that was a little too loosey-goosey for me, but hey, who, who am I to argue? You have no right to argue. I have no right to argue. <laughs> We got some really great responses. Okay. So uh, a gentleman by the name of Matt says, Ball puck? Did a Canadian write this? Shots fired. <laughs> isn't this one of the oldest forms of competitive sport? But just, oh, he said, isn't running just one of the oldest forms of competitive sport? But just ignore me. I'm still hung up on this whole puck thing. It might as well read, a sport must be played with a ball or chariot or similar <laughs> object. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, Canadians. And I curl. It's a sport. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, really shots fired on yeah, that one. Right. He's coming after a lot of people. <laughs> uh, then uh, Amanda writes, so is foosball a sport and air hockey, but not steeplechase? I'm very proud of the steeplechase. I was like, yeah, that's a deep cut on some track stuff. I love it. Uh, Call712 says, so beer pong is a sport? <laughs> Accurate. And then uh, the mighty... Because there's a clear winner? Yeah, right? There is some skill involved. There's a ball and a puck. There's a ball and or a puck. There's a clear field of play. Exactly. And the whole, the, yeah. And then uh, the mighty Jared Urbis says, so air hockey is a sport, but the hurdles aren't? Right. <laughs> that uh, Look, Eric, I appreciate it. There's yes. a val it was a valid attempt. But, uh, but like every other argument that has ever been brought up on the show, shot down. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I told Eric I posted it, and we've gotten some good responses, so yeah. he clarified. Please. So he sent me a message back that okay. says, these were the rules given to me by his, uh, given to him by his middle school math teacher, who also served as a wrestling coach 
and also maintained that wrestling was not a sport. I'm going to stop you in the first half of that <laughs> sentence. Everything said past math, high school math teacher is it is middle, null and void. Middle school math teachers. Sorry, I just I'm so angry about math teachers. No, anything past math teacher, no math teacher gets to determine what a sport is. Stick to your numbers and your quadratic equations, you fucking nerds. But he was also a coach. Says who? Says th- he was the coach. Ah, false <laughs> math teacher. Solve for X on that one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I find that interesting uh, that a coach... I pile-drive the fucking uh, solve for X right into his... I don't know. <laughs> get him in the old fireman's carry. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Then I'll get him in the arm bar. Right. The chicken wing. What's the diameter? <laughs> What's the diameter of my balls of in my, your face? Yeah. Sir? Now we're getting it. We're back. You ever heard of a butt drag, sir? That's <laughs> a, a real move. Is it? Yeah. It's, right. it's a horrible move. It sounds terrible. You literally, you're trying to, so someone's behind you, right? Right. Okay. You're on your knees. They're on their knees. They're behind you. All right. They're trying to control you. Sport. Okay. So in your attempt to get out, you actually reach around. You you, you probably use at least three or four fingers to cup the inside of the cheek Mm. on the inside of the crack. Okay. And you pull Mm, yourself around. It's called the butt drag. You can pull them wherever you want. Whenever that's been done to me, I immediately go, huh? Like that. Right. And uh, it's worked because I've completely lost what I'm doing because I think danger. Can, is there anything preventing someone from just sticking a finger up? I mean. Like two knuckles deep. I mean, well, I mean, you have your singlet and your underwear on, so, I mean, that'll probably stop it. I mean, that'll that's stop That's why you got to work your hands out, too. When you're working out in the gym, <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of people just overlook hand day. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> That's why you need well, hand I day. think butthole day is pretty important, too. Where you you just need like to clench. clench. You've you know, got to clench. I'm not, like, it's, it's a full body workout. See, what it is, it's a trap. You, right. You bait them to the butt drag, and then you clench. Ooh. And you're like, who's who's the captain now? You right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> now I have supremacy. <laughs> you're like, ah. You're like, that's right. Right. Butt drag me, you son of a bitch. Now it becomes the finger lock. <laughs> yeah, I was always like, I don't feel comfortable doing that, and I really don't like that being done to me. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this middle school math teacher, who was also the wrestling coach, says that wrestling wasn't a sport. He said it also wasn't clear. <laughs> Jared goes, are you a coach if it's not a sport? <laughs> <laughs> Does coach imply sport, though? Love you, Jared. That's hilarious. I yes. love it. These, these logical, this practical, he and I are practically twins. I love that thing that he posted, too. So thank you for making that, Jared. Uh, says it also wasn't clear that the field of play has to be something like the something the participants actually fit on and play within. So things like air hockey, beer pong, darts, etc., are not sports; they are games or activities. Wait, so you're saying it also wasn't clear that the field of play has to be something that the participants actually fit on? Yeah. So he's saying that because it wasn't clear, those things should be considered. See, I didn't fully understand what he wrote there. Come so. on, Eric. But uh, and then lastly, uh, things like track are competitive walking. <coughs> things like wrestling are competitive fighting. Things like swimming are competitive not drowning. <laughs> Gymnastics are competitive negotiation of obstacles. <laughs> <laughs> things like chess and darts are games, but their competitiveness does not qualify them as pure sport. Oh man, that last line. Is one the only thing that really stuck with me throughout all of this? Is just because something is competitive, sure, doesn't necessarily make it a sport. Okay, and I've agreed with that to a certain extent. Where that's usually my argument I use against cheerleading, 
Like, yeah. But we have a competition. I'm like, I don't care. Right. Like, it's not a sport. And, um, um, yeah, that's – sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's all right. But, you're saying you're basically you're back on to cheerleading is not a sport. 100%. Cool. Um, but, I, but, but so much of that other stuff is – I don't know. Part of it was fascinating to me. I don't agree with it. But – the idea of something having to have certain qualifications, I just, I'm always fascinated by what people, and this is, this is, I've never heard anything like this before. I was like, this is bonkers. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, it's because it's a fucking math teacher that said it, Doug. <laughs> fucking math teacher. Still hanging up on that. That's yep. awesome. Um, All night. A couple other people weighed in. Jared, he, he defined it as, it has to have a determinal winner through a set of rules. Uh, it must take skill and effort, meaning the average player should be better uh, than the average person on the street. So if I am if I am a dart player, if I'm practicing it and I'm competing, I'm going to be better than the average person who picks up the darts. So you just can't immediately get it. Sure. I actually really like this third part, which is it cannot involve chance built into the rules. cannot involve chance I love that. built into because the rules. that takes away poker. That takes away a lot of those sort of like things where you're like, well, we'll see what the card says or what the dice says. Right. Or things like that. And eliminates the idea like, well, I guess we just have to see what happens to see, some degree. I'll need to sit on that because I can probably come up with something that he clearly or that you've clearly said is a sport that mm -hmm. does rely in some way, shape or form on chance. Yeah. Well, here you go. Okay. Football. Okay. Sport or not. <laughs> yes. Okay. You have to take the chance that you're not going to die. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the coin flip. <laughs> that makes far more sense. That's easier to argue. I'm going back on that. There's a chance when you take that coin flip. There's you're a chance gonna, you're going to break you're, your ankle. you're going to die. Right. I'm just saying, man. There's a chance it might rain. You don't know. And you got to play in that. That might turn things. Yeah. Chances everywhere, man. But that's not built into the game. That's though. true. <laughs> you're like, I'm not going to Weak argument. It's true. I'm not going to waste my I'm time on it. I'm not going to die on this hill. I, I, it, 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 I am... Floored mm -hmm. uh, in that we've been having this debate for about four years now, four and a half. Years I've personally now. been having it for over twenty. Right. So. <laughs> it just amazes me because when you, it's never something I really thought about until you brought it up. <laughs> I'm infecting people. You are, not and like the coronavirus. And <laughs> exactly. Wash your hands. Is that a sport? Is it just amazes me how how much people when you really pull them into this debate glom onto it yeah because anyone we've had on the podcast where we have discussed this is in this debate now like anytime we talk about it it gets brought up or they're like i was having a discussion with my other friend and we were talking about what's a sport and mm -hmm. it it's it amazes me how many people really cannot clearly define us like cannot agree on a singular definition of a sport yeah i in my adult life it has never occurred to me that that's so difficult to do yeah and it i just blows my mind that you put this out there and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven people uh, mm -hmm. responding. Yeah. And all of them have d either vastly or slightly different definitions on what the fuck a sport is. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing because obviously I know what's going on in my head. Sure. So when I hear other Sheer people, madness. Sheer madness. It's a war of logic <laughs> and practicality. And also just there's the lone. <laughs> and narwhals. There's the lone Doug over there. It's like, oh, yeah. But what about this? Right. That doesn't make sense. I know, but the, you believe it. For as practical as you are, there exists in you a small agent of chaos. I am a dyad, Justin. I'm not unlike, you know, Ray and I'm Kylo. I'm sorry. You know, I'm a dyad. I am, you know, these two things that exist. It's like 
pure practicality and unchecked creativity. Like, and they are constantly <laughs> arguing over space in my brain. That makes sense. All the time. Yeah. I love living in both those worlds and I hate it at the same time. It's a blessing and a curse. I think that it helps keep helps keep me grounded. Oh, Missouri's coming back out. It helps, helps keep me grounded, but it also <laughs> allows me to be very inventive and fun mm-hmm. and playful and interesting but at the same time it'll rip me right back down the earth so it's this constant tug of war yeah in my head and it's just it's exhausting sometimes um so i like jared's things that it has to have a determinal winner um i don't know where you would have something that wouldn't have a winner that you'd consider a sport is there a determinal winner three set of rules well Higgs is a similar has to have a clear winner yeah so i'm trying to there there what what would we consider not like in the by these rules, yeah. like not a sport, because think almost any sort of competition, even competitions declare winners, yeah, even though it is spelling bee has a winner. Well, I guess that's what it is. Is it's but that's all determined based off judging, like judgmentally, like like someone's got to evaluate, well, and it's not a clear like football. You're 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 bringing every time sure. that ball crosses that line, yeah, boom, that's six points. Every so that's time more you, like something yeah. like <sighs> gymnastics, right? Is subjective Ex- exactly if it's so. subjective. So I think when they're saying clear winner is that. It's not based upon anyone judging whether or not it's a clear winner. It is categorically a win. Like this, this, okay. You can't argue that this person won. I would definitely agree with that. I like the idea of, did you score these points? Right. If you did, you're going to jail. No. Um, congrats. You won the game because you right. scored the most points right. in this designated amount of time versus uh, you're going to go out surfing and you're going to ride this wave and then a bunch of people are going to watch <laughs> you with binoculars and be like, he got a perfect. It's like, based on what? Right. Like, Okay, that seems... History, yeah. based yeah. on history. Yeah. Perfect. Well, it was also similar with um, the Joe Rogan podcast when they do Sober October. They want to have a competition. Yeah. And Joe Rogan is always, he's always really like big on, we have to have a way where we can objectively determine who the winner is. Which is why when Bert suggested doing a hip-hop hip, or a dance competition, like, it sounds awesome, but Joe's like, what are we going to do? We're going to leave this in the hand of who? Judges or people right. who are just going to vote? He's like, I don't like that. I need to, There needs to be a clear, objective winner. Right. We need to figure out what that is. And they were arguing constantly about that. He's like, I'm not going to leave it up to in the hands of someone to be, like, judging it. So I definitely admire that part of it, too. Because, and again, I think that's also the clarification, uh, which is it's not that these things that people do are not difficult. Or they're not important mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, it takes a lot of skill, a lot of effort, but is it truly a sport? Again, what does that mean? So Will Fade says, uh, or Fade maybe, I don't know, says uh, whatever is listed on Wikipedia under the definition of sport. Yeah, that person linked uh, Wikipedia. And I said... Big round of applause because I couldn't agree more. Because I said, hey, if I couldn't use that in my, uh, in my reports in school because that wasn't a viable uh, resource, then you can't use it either. <laughs> I disagree with school. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Fucking math teachers. Let me tell you why school isn't a sport. <laughs> that I'll agree with. That I will agree with. Um, fascinating stuff, though. I loved everyone's right weighing in on it. And, and please c- continue. Keep you know, we're not going to dedicate every episode to all the responses and everything, but please do keep the conversation going because we do read, even if we don't, uh, you know, dedicate an entire episode to it. We do read everything that comes in, and we love, love hearing everyone just 
contradict each other. <laughs> I these are this is one of those it's pure madness. This is one of the few things in life that I will happily clear my schedule to talk about. Sure, absolutely. I, ta- I never get tired of talking about it because I am getting closer to finding some sort of resolution in my head. I feel like last episode we had a huge breakthrough with yes. Me. Um, and I, I want to get better to trying to find, determine a, a definition in my head. Finally lock that down. It's, it's probably, you know, it's trying to find the holy grail for me. Right. You know, it's like this endless pursuit of, is there a one size fits all definition? Right. A rubric that I can use to go and look at something and just check the boxes and be like, yes or no. Right. And I'm liking some of these things that I'm hearing, like the clearly defined winner. I'm like, ooh, I like that. And then I also love um, things like, there are the thing that like just because something's competitive does not qualify it as a sport. Right, the chance thing. Yes, the chance thing is also very interesting. Which is, I I always laughed when people were <laughs> back when you know poker was really really hitting its boom. Te- oh Texas yeah. Told them and they're like, this is one of the best sports. I'm like, fuck you. This is not a sport. My band teacher referred to marching band as a sport. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, competitive, absolutely. Sure. Not a sport. I that is that I will absolutely agree that the line for me that is on the opposite end of the opposite side of the line that is not a sport yeah and so you got to find like cuz you got to find something right right used to you be can't some, just everything can't be a sport used to be like well is it on ESPN i'm like but the spelling bee's on there it can't be a sport well that is a sport that is not a sport all right man it's not not um but it's fun so yeah i agree uh hit us up on our social medias at mindget podcast facebook twitter instagram chat with us uh, on Twitch and everything like that too. We we want to hear your thoughts. What is your definition of a sport? Right. If you can find a way to distill it into maybe like three to five points, what is your sort of universal right. definition of it? Because, God damn it, man, I'm 20 years and running, and I have not been able to quite lock this down yet, and I'd like to. <laughs> because Doug needs to eventually needs to diet peacefully, and Honestly, his you know soul what? will wander. Purgatory forever. You know Part of me doesn't want to find it because I just enjoy having these discussions. No, that's true. I just enjoy being like, help me. Right. Because I'll come out, I come out pretty intense like I know the answer, but I'm like, I don't. Right. Because it's to me, I'm when I'm when I get like passionate, I'm trying to silence the voices in my head. <laughs> so I'm like, well, he's saying that this doesn't match with that. And I'm right. like, I can't I have a hard time like reconciling it. Right. So I need help. Well, in case you come up with a distinct answer, Haig uh, provided another, a new uh, potentially unending debate, uh-huh. which is very subjective. Uh-huh. Um, yes. But he, he posited, uh, they were talking about, there's a movie, um, every once a month we do uh, something called the ICMC, and you've come to it a couple times. Um, uh, the Irish Coffee Movie Club will get together, make some breakfast, have some Irish coffees, watch a movie, and we'll have a good time. We'll, we'll have some laughs and some chuckle houses. Um, we were talking about watching Jojo Rabbit, and then Rob saw a movie from 1983 starring Sylvester Stallone, and I'm blanking on who else was the star of it, but it's called Nighthawk. Oh, God. And it is, it's a thing, man. I think look, I, look it up because I think it's, I know what the, what the cover of it looks like or the poster for it. If you like. go to Google and just look at the images for it, it is deliciously 80s. Deliciously 80s. That's exactly. Who else is oh, it? Oh, Night Hawks. Sorry, Night Hawks. There's two of it. It's Night, plural. Night can be confused with Night Cox. Right. Uh, Which is also available for rent. It's, oh, wait, no. <laughs> David Shaber. That's a screenplay. Um, hold on. Stand by. Uh, I don't recognize that. Dude. Oh, whoa. 
His face looks... Wait, that's Sylvester... St I didn't think that was Sylvester Stallone! But then I saw the mouth. Yep, that's it, yeah. That's him. Okay. Uh, Nighthawks. Um, who else is in it? Billy D. Williams? That's the one. Billy D. Williams! Good old Billy D. So, yeah, so he came across Persia this... Persia Cambada? That sounds like... Oh, Persis, not Persia. Right? Persis, that's the name I say all the time. Uh, conservative... Ooh, conservative street cop. Deke Sol... Deke De Silva. I was like, Deke Saliva. <laughs> Conservative street cop Deke De Silva reluctantly agrees to terminate an international terrorist who has demanded media attention, but De Silva's at-home tactics are very much put to the challenge. This sounds very much like an early 80s movie. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he was watching that because Bob's a Stallone fan, and uh, it must have just been on like TNT or something. I yeah. don't know where he came across it, but... He said, hey, we could do Night Nighthawks. And, uh, hey, of course, because Hague, uh, you know, has a few years on us. So he's like, oh, I love that movie. Like, he he knew it, was well aware, probably saw it in the theater. Loved that movie. And Bob was <laughs> like, he goes, yeah, he goes, that's one. Uh, he goes, it's it's su it's a great, terrible movie. Yeah. And Hague goes, wait. <laughs> and this then begun the, or began the, uh, the day-long debate that we had about can a movie that you like be considered terrible by you? Mm -hmm. And he posits that it cannot. If you like the movie, it's good to you. Mm -hmm. You cannot hate a movie and also like it. Mm. Or you cannot say a movie is terrible and also like it. He goes, people who do that are trying to make excuses for liking a movie when they should just outright like it. Be proud about the fact that you like this movie. And so, we, man, we went around and around and around. So my question to you then is... Mm. Can you like a movie that is, in your opinion, terrible? So, first things first is when you brought this to my attention, the first thing I said is that Hegg is a Sith. Because <laughs> Hegg, right, exactly. Hegg deals in absolutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you either like it or you don't. Right. It's, it's, it's good or it's bad. It's good or it's bad. I think it depends on... I can definitely... That, to me, because to me that seems flawed logic because that means... You like it, therefore it's all good or it's all bad, meaning that you can't observe the flaws right. in something, which would lead me down a path of like, can you not tell if there's plot holes? Can you, I mean, I like I like plenty of movies that are not good. Man, you are just Missouri-ing all not over this podcast. Good. Uh, there, there's plenty of stuff that I'm like, yeah, this is not right. good. I, I see why most people wouldn't like this. Right. Like, I, I can appreciate... Just because I like something doesn't make it good. That seems like a very arrogant thing. Like I like it, so it's good, guys. It's good. Well, no, I the like, fact that I you don't said, like it, it's bad. The fact that you said uh, just because you don't like it doesn't necessarily mean that. Like that's a self-aware moment for you. I'm very proud. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. But hey, hey, he he, he was because I had said the same thing. Like you had brought up Battlefield Earth, mm -hmm. and I was like, that is empirically a bad movie. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot deny the movie's terrible. He goes, but why? And I go, why? Yeah. Why? Have, have you seen it? Yeah. I said, the entire thing is shot in Dutch angle. Yes. <laughs> I said, the... <laughs> That's the, how I learned what a Dutch right. angle was. <laughs> I was like, you know the person, you know the chef that uses garlic, but like in everything yeah. and just loses the flavor of what it is. I think yeah. that's what they did with this movie. I said, Dutch angle is supposed to be used as a seasoning. <laughs> they made that the main dish. My favorite thing was... <laughs> For those who don't know what Dutch angle is, it's when you tilt the camera on typically like a, I, I don't know if it's a 45, 45 might be too severe, but it's tilted on an angle 
and it's supposed to visually represent stress or unease, and it's supposed to put you visually in the emotion of the scene. If you ever sat in a lopsided chair, you know what it's like. That's Dutch just, angle, baby. You're, like, oh, you're always yeah. back and forth. You're unsettled. Right. It can't be good. I learned about that because Chris Charles, who's been on here before, mm -hmm. filmmaker and everything, I was like, dude, you got to watch this movie. It's so bad. Guilty pleasure. Yeah. And I just remember him going, at some point, like 25% of the movie goes, why are there so many Dutch angles? <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? He goes, everything is tilted. I'm like, oh, shit, I never noticed. And right. then I couldn't unsee it. I was yep. like, oh, my God, they're everywhere. Everything. It's almost like when you watch some of the older Star Wars movies, you just notice the wipes right. that just keep happening. You're like, why are we doing all these wipes? Like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like someone who learns PowerPoint. <laughs> For the first time, you're like, look at all these animations. Right. You know, I'm like, who uses Wait, some here of comes, these things? Here comes like, the word. Look, yeah. I know. I found them all. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, Battlefield Earth, is, right. it's, it's... It's overacted. Everyone's chewing the scenery on yeah. that. It is shot in Dutch angle. It is not well written. It is, like, it's just, there's the, so many... The, the plot the, itself. The plot is yes. absurd. Yes. You know, like, it's just, it's, there's a reason why it has a low, I hate to use the word, Rotten Tomato sure, score. Sure, sure. Um, but it, it's... Generally speaking, people look at that and be like, this is not a good movie. Right, but it but entertains you. Just still enjoy you. it. Oh, yeah. Right. You still are enjoy. entertained by it. So still enjoy it. I told him, I was like, that's my, I said, like, and so he goes, yeah, but Doug just likes it. I was like, right, but he still can say that objectively it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and again, he like, we just went around in this. So I was trying to, and this is the hard part because you and I are in agreement. <laughs> I'm trying to, now I'm trying to argue his side of it. Sure. So I can progress this. I can't do it justice. Yeah. So I'm going to need to see if I can get Haig, uh, you know, on rec on like mm -hmm. record him doing yeah. maybe like, maybe that can be next week's minute yeah. where we just have Haig and we play it and say, this is his, this is the baseline of his argument, yeah, exactly. you know, because I just, he was so emphatic about the fact that if, if you like it, it's not bad to you. Mm -hmm. Someone else might think it's bad, but to you, it can't be bad. Well, I love the idea of that because it's, it's these things where it's a romantic notion. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, also, it's. I think it's dangerous in a sense because it, it almost. I think that's that's a lot of mentality around, especially like fanboys and some of these like really comic booky or nerdy franchises. It's it's like people are afraid to say, "Well, this was a problem in the film," or it's right. the complete opposite of like, "This is bad because X, Y, and Z." Therefore, it's a bad movie. And I mean, I don't know. This is again. Uh, Movies aren't sports because there's no objective way to view them. So I think that is the most true thing you've ever said is that a movie's you. not a sport. Thank you very much. Um, I, there's definitely something to be said and I, for enjoying something. Right. If you enjoy it, there's obviously something good about it. But it's also, I would ask the question then, if something is, is if we're kind of going into what do you enjoy, do you enjoy it because it's bad? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Because then that like sort of goes down this horrible inception sort of thing of like, I enjoy the movie, therefore it's good. What do you enjoy? I enjoy that it's bad. Right. So is but, it bad or is it good? No, it's good because I enjoy it because it's bad. Wait, it's, what? It's good because I enjoy that it's bad. Right, exactly. It's yeah. Like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> no, no, I, was, I, 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 I was going down, I'm like, The Room. People will go and watch that I movie, just, but just it is not about that. a good movie. Yeah. Vampire's Kiss, Nicolas yes. Cage. Yes. Terrible. Yeah. But... People watch it. Troll 2. One of the, again. One Electric of the, Boogaloo. Right. Yeah. 
Well, the again, the situation where people watch it because it is so bad. Absolutely. I think where people can find appreciation for it are in all the ways that the filmmakers didn't intend it to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's also something that that's where things become cult movies. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or you know something like the room that was supposed to be serious. Right. But the people were like, "Oh, this is hilarious," and they're like, "Yeah, it's hilarious." Yeah, it was a dark comedy. That's what it yeah. was. Yep, that's it. People were like, "Did you plan on making such a shitty movie?" Totally, you know, I a, did. Yeah, that's why I did it. It's so it's a commentary on the war in Iraq. We weren't in the war yet. Oh yeah, but right. there's always war in your heart. I know it's coming. Yes, I know. <laughs> He's you, a prophet. All right. Okay, that's fair, Tommy. If any, if anyone is a prophet, it's gonna be it's him. Tommy Wiseau. Tommy yeah. Wiseau. He knows he knows what's coming. Um, yeah. Well, E two O seven says. Um, Especially movies that hold nostalgic value. And that's another thing that we went. Like, his was Bill and Ted. Oh, he yes. remembers watching that when he was younger. Watched it again. Didn't hold up. But he still likes it because sure. it holds that place in his heart, you know? Yeah. And I've definitely got those, too. Like, again, for one of the ICMCs, we watched Tina- Chris Volucci really wanted uh-huh. to watch TMNT. I haven't seen the first one in a long time. Right. Yeah. So, uh Everyone was like, this is a bad movie. But Chris <laughs> loves it. And yeah. I still like it. But again, I can look at it and go, yeah, not good. Oh, yeah. There were impressive elements. The fact that those actors didn't die yeah, while right. making it and wearing 80, 100-pound foam suits with minimal ventilation yeah. and doing martial arts in them. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. But uh, it's not a good movie. Yeah. But it still holds nostalgia for me. Well, it's it's funny because it's it's so interesting to go back to those movies and be like, oh, Whoa! Right, what's happening here? Right, this this kind of I just recently uh, watched Dead Poet Society again. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. Sure, um, great iconic moments. But there's a there's a subplot in there where there's a boy who falls in love with a girl after first meeting her, and he's a, he obsesses about her. And I'm like, this is not romantic at right. all. Like this is so you missed it when you were younger. You're like, oh now this is I like. Well, long. I didn't like it before because he's so just. It's gross yeah. watching young kids, but but I watched it. I had to fast forward through it because really he meets this girl at and she has a boyfriend named Chet because of course his name's Chet, and um, he just is obsessed with her because he finds her pretty. He she meets him at the door. He's going to meet with this this girl's father or whatever and or whoever. He just he, he has like I don't know a, a less than a minute conversation. He comes back to the the boarding school. He's like, guys. I'm in love. I met this girl, Chris, but she's with Chet. Again, it's a very it's a story, romantic, whatever. And then he's just like, he can't stop thinking about her. So, like, he visits her at her school at some point, like, to say hi. He doesn't go to her school. He goes to a boarding school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. preparatory school. And then later on, like, he uh, gets invited to a party, and he shows up. And all of his friends are like, you realize that she's not going with you, right? Chet's going to be there. Right. But he's like, but she said on the phone she was thinking about me. And he's like telling these guys, he's like, she will be mine. I'm like, oof. Right. Oof. And then it just turns into like dangerous liaison. It's, you yeah, know, well it, then it, it he, morphs into a weird Well, then movie. they go to the party, right? And he's yeah. like hanging out and like he starts drinking and then he sees her on a couch and she's passed out and he just like leans down and kisses her on the head and then like her boyfriend beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up at her school, and she's like, you can't do this. So he goes in front of her class and reads a poem to mm-hmm. her because they're learning about poetry. Right. because that's the superpower of the movie. Right? Right. And then, like, he sees her again, and she's like, you can't. She shows up at his school. He's like, you can't come in here. She's like, oh, you can come to my school, but I can't come to your school. And they go outside, and he, she's like, this is. Somehow she falls for him, right? Because the because writers the, put it in there. But I was like, man, if you look at that behavior, I'm like, god damn it. Like, you know. 
It's super creepy. <laughs> you look at that because you know that was a that was a thing. It's like the hunt, right? Right. The the the, the man on the hunt. He's like you get it's sporting. Under, under, it's, it's a bit of a sport. Um, there's a clear winner, I suppose. Um, but the the persistence in a way of it's just <laughs> it's really uncomfortable to watch someone be that obsessed. Yeah. And even when I was younger. In dealing with that in my own right, um, it was creepy back then. Um, I, I dated a girl in high school who was kind of like that, just a little bit obsessive, and I was like, this is too much. Right. Like, um, I think you can appreciate, you know, looking back on that time and, like, remembering what it was like to be in, quote, unquote, I won't even say the word love because you don't know what the fuck love is, but having that sort of uh, encounter with the opposite sex mm-hmm. and being just like, whoa. But to, to be like... She will be mine. I'm like, dude, what are you, like 16? <laughs> maybe. Maybe 17. Right, and you're like, right. I will make her mine. Again, different time. It was the 50s <laughs> in which the setting takes place and everything like that. And the idea that that's what's expected of you. And sure. Also, uh, I don't know. But anyway, I, di- I digress. But that's kind of what's fun about watching those. You're like, oh, this was cool at that time. Like, right. These, this kind of <clears throat> stuff was like, yeah. And this was made in the 90s. Right. You know. But, you know, depicting something that happened in the 50s. But at the same time, you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, we're okay with this? <laughs> <laughs> this kind of behavior is all right? Right. I think that's fun. I, yeah. I had a I had an example and I lost it. Yeah. I watched... Uh, hard, we, hard stop. Well, I also, um, you know, even watching some of Natalie's shows, um, we just recently rewatched Frozen 2. And, Still uh, haven't seen that one. Uh, it's, it's good. I, yeah. like it, I like it better than the first. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. Um, but the second one, I was like, oh, this is cool and everything like that. But upon rewatching it for the fourth time, I was like, you know what? I've got problems. I got problems Start with to pick this. it apart. Start being like, wait yep. a minute. What, what, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> spoiler I'm going to spoil some of this movie. Uh, I know a lot of Frozen 2 fans out here listen to this. But yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, essentially, a lot of stuff happens, um, but there's no change. There's no change. There, there's there's some change in character arcs, and I love for anyone to be like, well, technically, um, uh, you know, there's there was this character arc. I'm like, yeah, but so here's what synopsis: Elsa wakes up these old spirits in this other area. All right, um, she goes, she tames them, she sets a wrong right, and then um, everything's good. You know, she, now she's not an Arendelle's queen anymore. Her sister does, but. It seems like people didn't learn anything. You know, they talk about being transformative right. and stuff. But I guess, let me take that back. It's from a storytelling perspective. It was very safe. And yes, it's a Disney movie. I get it. No, that's not where I was. Uh, that's not what I was thinking. Yes. But go, go ahead. I had to say that to yes. myself. I'm like, Doug, it is a Disney movie. Okay, keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but you see, there's a lot of things where they kind of like tease you. A character dies, but then they come back. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of great opportunity for to see some really powerful character, like, Change, right? But they kind of play it safe. So basically, you're saying that Frozen Two is about the same <laughs> as American History X. How so? No change at the end. It's kind of a, a bad movie because really you don't see like a character change. Everything, no matter what they do, goes back to the way it was. You know that kind of thing. I mean, so you're saying you don't like American History X? I love American History. That's X. what I'm hearing is that and you're agreeing with Hague finally. Never. <laughs> Not in that, not in that so arena. So Frozen 2 is the equivalent of American History X. Let's do a quote out of context on that. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Justin. This, is, this has been Doug Reviews. 
<laughs> I started doing that with Natalie, by the way. What? Recording some stuff. Getting oh, her, did you? I th- yeah. I started doing that with Natalie. Showed her American History X. Like, this She's is a, into it. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, it's the same thing with the show she watches, uh, Spirit, on, uh, on Netflix. I, I like the show because it depicts a lot of really interesting things that I think are great for kids. You know, it's, it's a blended family. Um, it's it's empowering making decisions there's consequences and stuff and there was so much leading up to this very awesome ending where all the girls in it were going to go away to a a boarding school a preparatory school and they had to leave their horses behind they had to leave the town behind but the last second they all decided to come back and they're just going to go next summer and they're like yeah we're all back they spend like a whole episode saying goodbye Mm -hmm. to all these other characters and ultimately they just come back and i the message i get is be afraid of the future uh, right. The past is comfortable. Stay where you are. Prolong the sadness. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Don't, don't go anywhere. And right. I was like, you guys are doing so well and so many other things. Why would you be like, yeah, we're going to end it this way. Right. We're going to end it with, we didn't go. We stayed behind. Right. Because like, it's not like where they were going was bad. They're pro- like, this is the next stage of your life. Right. They're like, let's avoid the future. Right. Well, I think it, that kind of almost speaks to, and now that we've completely done a 180, it almost completely speaks to what we were talking about and people don't let people go anymore. Yeah. It's yes. like with social media and everything, you used to see someone, say goodbye to them, and then you would never see them again. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, you'd oh, spend yeah. a certain amount of time working with them or going to school with them, and then you would just flat out yeah. never know whatever happened to them. Yeah. You know? They might have they might have lived a long, healthy life. They might have been very successful. They might have died in the gutter the next day. You yeah. don't know. Mm-hmm. And that was how it was. And now you just never say goodbye to people because you follow them. You see their lives. You're invested. You can always look up where they've been, what they're yeah. doing, where they're going. And so I feel like it almost that show almost reflects the fact that you just, why move on? Do what you're doing. Stay connected. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Brought to you by Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, I think that's it's an important thing. I don't know. I just, again, I, I, I hear Hague on my shoulder being like, it's not for you, Doug. It's for kids. Love it. I was like, but you can still have really awesome, powerful messages that can resonate for all ages. Right. Because all ages are going to see these things, right? You know? I mean, because one of the things. Presumably. Presumably. Um, you know, because one of the characters, you know, Anna, she doesn't want things to change. Mm-hmm. You know, she always wants Oh, to we're frozen now. Yeah, we're actually frozen too. She's like, don't leave. American History X. We got to American <laughs> Frozen 2, colon, American History X. <laughs> Um, she doesn't want things to change. She, she, you know, after what happened in the first movie, she wants to do all, everything with her sister. She's like, we have to be together. We can't be apart. We have to solve this problem together. I don't want to lose you. So she's hesitant to let go, and she has to learn to deal with that. So there is some transformation there to some degree. And then, you know, you've got Elsa who's like, I got to go be who I am. This is what I'm kind of destined to do. So let me walk back some of my previous comments. I think what I was upset about was they could have taken some more creative risks with the storytelling to make it more impactful. Okay. Um, because Elsa at one point sacrifices herself uh, for the betterment of everything, but then she's like, oh, she's okay. Okay. And then another character dies. Uh, it's okay. He comes back. And I was like, I understand it's a kid's film and stuff like that, but how cool would that be Yeah. if one of these characters, like, cause I guess that's just where my head's at, storytelling-wise. I'm like, how powerful... Sacrifice is such a powerful element in a, in a story. Mm-hmm. Seeing someone put it all on the line for the betterment of other people, it always gets me. Oh, yeah. It gets me. Yeah. Just, it, it, it chokes me up. Just like, oh, shit, that person was willing to put it all on the line because it was the right thing to do. And I, I always just like, I, I just I 
I feel this swelling of emotion. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. Like I, I see myself. You always imagine yourself as the hero. Like I would do it. I was like, would I? Oh, when you when you have to really consider like what it means to sacrifice everything you have for the betterment of everyone else. Like it, it again, it's a it's a very romantic notion. Yeah. But when you can when you really sit down and apply it practically and go, could I do this and think it through? It's a fucking hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. E two o seven because she was hesitant to let it go. Well done, Itoyo Seven. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Well done. Sounds like my prom night. Um, so <laughs> I thought there was something else. I was no, so excited. Your sound effect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, wait, were you gonna say something? <laughs> wait, you said so. I was like so. Um, yeah, like. I, can you imagine a situation where you would sacrifice it all? Let me. Let, two, oh man! Here we go. I mean, yes, two, two but, scenarios. Okay. One. No one knows that you sacrificed everything. See, that plays in. That's a huge part. That's no one, a good. Right. No one knows. Right. But everyone is still safe. Right. Option two. You pull a Tony Stark. Basically, you save the world. You save like people on a massive scale, and they know that you did it. Right. And Are like, you saying which would I rather have? No, I was like, do you do it like knowing? Oh, do you knowingly like you're presenting with? But let's start with the first one. You know something bad's going to happen. You have to sacrifice yourself, but no one will know that you sacrificed. Okay, they'll keep going on. Nothing will ever happen. But you know, by like by doing this, I'm going to save the world. So that speaks to one of my biggest fears, <laughs> which. Which goes part and parcel with my biggest fear, which is <laughs> death, <laughs> is the fact that is is being forgotten. Uh, one of my, my biggest legacy was a big thing. Exactly, to do. legacy is a huge thing for me, and one of my mm-hmm. biggest fears is that. And and look, I know everyone everyone in the world is fighting against the fact that we're just a speck of dust in this long timeline. Like yeah. I I get that, um, a mere blip on the radar, but the 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 concept of Never of no one remembering that you even existed mm. is to me it's overwhelmingly terrifying. Mm. It is so terrifying. So I mean, look, would I do it? I'd like to think I would. <laughs> would the only thought in my mind as I was doing it be no one's gonna know? Absolutely, it would definitely be in there. Absolutely, taking up if a percentage of space <laughs> exactly. in your mind. There would be a little bit of RAM allocated in my in yeah. my brain hard drive no, too. No, no. <laughs> to that, yeah, you're you're gonna be forgotten. Yeah, good job, but fuck you. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's always my biggest thing is 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 making it. Is, is there a mark you're gonna make that people will be able to go? That was a good guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the opposite. Or he was here. Yeah, the opposite. You do something, and it's like everyone knows this guy. He sacrificed right. himself. They may not know your name, but they know there was a guy right who did it. Like they, you know. People close to you, you know, it's like someone who, um, you know, uh, it's a bad, dark example, but like school shooting, someone who prevents something, right? They right. prevent it or whatever. They sacrifice themselves. Like this person saved so many of the entire school by, you know, taking the bullet or whatever. Um, you know, like those sort of situations, people like he was remembered. Right. People may not go on for years and generations and be like that guy, but you will, people will know who you are in that regard and that regard. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, in that regard. That rumor well, your approach to that. What's what's your approach to that? I mean, and now not knowing, 
again, sorry, I keep adding all these caveats to it, but it's like, it's not like everyone's got a camera on him. It's like, will Justin save the world? Right. Find out next week. Find out. Let's see if he's going to. He, he did it. He did it. It's just like Don't you forget just... to subscribe to my live stream after this is done for more behind the scenes content. <laughs> I, did, I did a pre-roll. <laughs> um, but you, you just know that people will know. Right. Like, is that as much in the front of your brain as it is in the other side? Yes? Question mark? I mean, I again, I think no matter which way you slice it, it's always going to be... <laughs> there will always be... And I think... And look, I'm going to say this and, and sound like an asshole, but I want everyone listening, really search your fucking hearts. Because... <laughs> in, <laughs> It's, it's human nature. There is just a selfish side of us. And it, uh, I'm just going to speak truth to it, is that there will always be a part of me, no matter what situation I'm in, is, will people remember this? Will yeah. people know I did this? Yeah. Will, will, I, will I get any sort of uh, rec- uh, uh, recogni- recognition for, mm-hmm. for the job well done, you know, <laughs> yeah. for the sacrifice that was made? Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely a consideration. And mm-hmm. I think anyone who says that it's not a consideration is at least partially lying. Yeah, so imagine a situation where it's almost like the movie Armageddon, right? Someone's got to stay behind and set off the nuke. Sure. Right? Yep. And that's a tough decision, Those, right? Again, to that, to that point, yeah. then, what you, just, what you said about that tugging your heartstrings, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, when I know someone's making, quote-unquote, the ultimate sacrifice, I'm just like, <gasps> yeah. tight chest. Yeah, right? Yeah. They're like, I've got to do this. Like, no, no qualms about it. Right. Like, I stand up. I proudly do it. They weren't like, fuck, I do the short straw. Right. Like Steve, like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, oh, no, he wanted it because he owed so much debt. He's like, "I'll do it. No, that's true. Let me do it. I want to die. <laughs> I don't want to survive this." You know, it's a situation where, you know, you know, God, I can't. Even, I just can't even put myself in that situation where something of that magnitude would happen, and just knowing what. What would what would what would really make me do that? Right, you know, is something like an asteroid. I mean, I'd, I'd have to believe something like an asteroid or a world. Like if you're event. saving the planet, well, because here's the thing: you got to look at it this way. I either do this, mm-hmm. I die, and everyone else lives, mm-hmm. or I don't do this, and I die, and everyone else dies. Yeah, it's lose lose. Right, you know? it's it's literally. I think that's I think that's mm-hmm. what's meant by a zero sum game, right? Or or it's a situation where you know it's you. It's one of eight people, and well, you're okay. one of those eight now people. Now, it's the trolley scenario. No, I mean, I'm saying, like, one of you has to decide to stay. Oh, okay. It's oh, not, would you Would you would be the you, one to say... Would you be the one to be like, I will I, I volunteer as tribute? Exactly. Yeah. I will do it, you know? Oh, boy. Especially because when Man. you have that many people, it's like, I mean, I'm doing the math here. Someone's going to do it, right? If I just be quiet. You're a middle school math teacher. What are the odds? If one has to stay, one out of eight, what is that percentage one? Obviously, we know you're not running the bomb down the thing because you're fucking math teacher. You don't run. Uh, Jared says, to your question, I think this kind of kind of parlays to that. You're, you sacrifice yourself and nobody knows, or you don't sacrifice yourself and everyone will know, and that's your legacy. So, so what does he mean by that? So basically to, your, to, to kind of uh, integrate that into your setup is that you're one of eight people. You either make the, make the decision that you're going to be it, and maybe those eight people are the only ones that know, but like uh-huh. the world doesn't know yeah. that it was you, or mm. one of those okay. eight people step off the thing, or the seven people step off and they're like, none of you decided to do this mm-hmm. for us? You're all the cowards. Yeah. Only that person up there was the hero. Yeah. Like, I feel like that'd be the same kind of thing. Gotcha. Where like you're looked at as like one of the seven that yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. That's actually a really <laughs> good. 
I don't. Would would you be? Ah, man, I I feel like I would have. I would be just praying that someone braver than I would step up and go. I got it. Yeah, it depends, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> but then, but then the micromanager in me would go. Yeah, but are you going to do it right? <laughs> well, it depends. Like, what are we talking here? Is it math related? Because I don't think I'm the best one to do it. Guys, you really don't want me. Doing I can't. This. I don't understand Sudoku. All right, I can't, that's what you have to do to defuse this. I'm not the one. I'm not the one, guys. Do you want me to write? A story in my head, I got you. <laughs> Do you want me to make people feel uncomfortable? I got you. Right. Like, is saving the world predicated on making a story because I got that? I could do that. Right. All right. <laughs> I got you covered. <coughs> Qualifications oh. are in need there. Right, right. right. Like, I bet I can. Man, I better. I'll do it. You're not going to fucking do it right, Kevin. So would you do it? It depends because. Would it be the qualification thing? Well, for me, it's like, is Jill alive? Is Nat alive? <laughs> right. If they're not. More probably more likely. Yeah, a few less things to live for. Is it tomorrow? I'm like, fuck. That's only four. It's like, uh, I mean, my student loans are almost paid off. So I mean, that's good. But you know, <laughs> right? Because that's how Doug's brain would operate in that scenario. I'm not for leave sure. You with too, much, too much debt. Right. You got so this, you, girl. You good? You got that. Um, it, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. Because like, it, it depends. I'm like, dude, dude. Does this need to happen? What if, okay, so <laughs> what if you, <laughs> this is just going off the rails now. What if you either had to make the decision to do the thing tonight to save the world and everyone lives, or you don't do it, everyone dies, but you've got two years until it happens. So you would have Ooh. two more years, Ooh. or you're giving everyone the rest of their lives by gotcha. doing it tonight. I'm buying two years. <laughs> Right, but it can't be reversed. Right, you're buying two years, but dooming everyone, everyone to death in two years. Oof. Or Oof. you end it tonight. I love this. And save everyone. This is an interesting one. Um, and please, if you're watching on Twitch, please weigh in. What would you guys do? And listeners, give us your yes. thoughts too, because because uh, the thing is, like, I would. I think we finally figured out our, our question. Yeah, here. right. What, how would you save? Because I know for sure I'd feel good about <laughs> delaying it. Part of me was. Because, yes. I mean, the other day uh, I went down to help Jill put together the, the treadmill, and we didn't have the right wrench. And I was like, well, I guess we can't do it. And I was, like, so happy to be uh, like, well, it's, it's out of our control. Right. That's I mean, future Doug's problem. She's like, well, I mean, we have to go get the wrench. She goes, but I don't feel like getting it. I, I don't either. Treadmill still not put together. So, I mean... Bingo! But I was like, cool. I don't feel like doing it right now anyway. Right. But in the back of my mind, I was like, that thing is still down there. It's got to get done. Right. No one else is putting it together. And uh, it'd be the same thing. Like, I would feel a sense of relief. I'm like, well, I've got two years. But the uh, each day right. that grew closer, I'd be like, fuck! You know? Why especially, you like, it? you know... Is, and, and no one else knows. Right. You know, that's the other thing, too. It, it will haunt me. Right. Because I know what's going to happen. I'll start doubting it. But then as things, you know, if it does happen or whatever, like, and there's nothing you can do to prevent it, I would feel, I think at the end, at the very last moment, I would feel a tremendous amount of guilt. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think I'd be like, oh, God, did I make the right decision? And you'd be the only one that goes to hell, man. Um, Sweet. <laughs> I All got my space. space. All my space. Uh <coughs> Class of uh, 2022 is looking pretty good. Not it's, too shabby, this, this guy. guy. <laughs> but it'd be, you know, it'd be one of those things where, you know, also in my sort of cynical way, I'm like, does the world need to be safe? <laughs> Everyone's going to, you know what? Can I do the thing in November? <laughs> 
I just want to see how the tides turn or don't turn. You know, it's 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 a situation where sometimes I like movies where I'm like, I mean, the villain's not entirely wrong. Right. You know. Everyone's going to die, man. It's like, I mean, Magneto wasn't entirely wrong about humans. Right. You know, and they're kind of assholes and, uh, you know, they will. Joker had it kind of right. Right. Where we're only as good as the world will allow us to be. And then you take that away. Society falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because uh, there's times, there's times where I'm like, God, what are we doing? Right. What are we doing? Not enough to be like, all right, nuke the world. Right. But I'm like, eh, you know what? If an asteroid hit, I mean, would it really be that bad? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think the hardest thing for me in the scenario like that is is the uh, saying goodbye. Yeah. It's always the like, when do you when do you wrap it up and finally just do the thing? Yeah. And like, how many? Just last looks and like right before it happens, you're trying to, you're like, the, it's, it's, uh, I talk about it now, I'm already getting anxious. Yeah, because that's the thing too, is, is is the scenario that you do it and no one knows? Yes. So you do it and no one knows. Okay. So this, so in that sense, does that mean you get to say goodbye or no? Because what if you don't get to say goodbye? And people be like, where'd Justin go? Woo! He just left. Don't like it. You just left. I don't like it. Yeah. Imagine that from my perspective. Dad went to get cigarettes and never came back. You know? <laughs> oh, because you know you've... There's the fucking... Mm. That's... We've, that is the, the mm. icing on the question cake. Yes, right. Right there is because now your legacy could be seen as, well, he was just an asshole father who left. left us. He just left. And they'll never know that you were the one that let, let them live. That'll help them or, to live. Oh, my God. Dude, we've got ourselves our, our own little short story here. I am into here's this. Happens, here's yeah. what happens. I'm trying to tell Jill that something important. I added, I can't tell her what it is, but I'm trying to tell her, hey, look, something is really important is happening, and I have to make a decision, and we get in a fight. We argue, and I leave angry, and I decide to do it because I'm like, i got to save the world. Mm-hmm. So that's the last thing is I had a fight with Jill, right. left. That's the legacy. Your dad just left us. The world doesn't know. Oh, boy. It's safe because of that. Oh, boy. I got a story now. That That's a seed planted in my head. Right. Where right. I'm like, imagine from that kid's eyes. Right. As they explore and find out more about what happened. So they actually uncover dad, a little bit. They find out, oh, wait, my dad wasn't a piece of shit. Right. He actually made this sacrifice, but no one ever knew. And then and when they grow up, they have to make the same sacrifice. And it's the curse of the family. Yes. It's, it's the burden. It's a it's burden the, on right. them and them knowing that what it meant to be that kid right. growing up without that and knowing what that was and them still have, still deciding whether or not they make that choice. Dude. And the name, it's called The Cochran Code. <laughs> Let's work on that. All right. So one more scenario. <laughs> one more scenario. You are also watched. I know. We need to watch these final hours. <laughs> yes. That has been... Recommended to us more than once. Uh, so one more, one more scenario for you. Um, that's what happens when Mo- for Mona Simpson. Who's Mona Simpson? I don't know. I don't watch The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons, but I don't remember Mona Simpson. Anyway, um, one last scenario for you. Um, you are dropped in uh, to a an arena, <laughs> sand pit. Uh huh. And uh, you are forced <laughs> to engage in a throwdown. Nice, <coughs> nice. I All like right. that. So, um, so this who who has been clamoring for this? 
Who's been clamoring? Because well, we're going to make... Th- here's the thing. perfect. We're going to make dreams come true tonight. This is perfect because the person who's been clamoring for this is the person who started off the whole episode about sports. The person who had the middle school math teacher. There it is. Mr. Eric. Woo. Woo. New York Eric. All right. New York Eric. This one's for you, buddy. All been, right. He's, he's requested this. NYE. He's, we'll call him. He has wanted this, this matchup. Right. And forever. He, and he's going to get it. We're making... What we do... We're dream granters here. That's right. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, if you have not watched it, The Office is a wonderful show. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, lead character, Michael Scott. Uh, the American Office, Michael Scott. Uh, played by Steve Carell. Inept boss. You guys know the drill. Uh, if you've not seen it, though, truthfully, um, Todd Hammer. Who is Todd Hammer? Mm-hmm. It's a web series. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, web series that Doug, Drew, and I created Eight years ago, Don't when give we me worked too much together. credit about created. I was just there. Doug Thank was you. Doug was the overly large sound guy. Yes, uh, trying not to be in every shot. Um, but basically, Todd Hammer is like a mashup between Michael Scott and uh, Ron Burgundy of, of uh, Anchorman fame. So uh, this is it. Was basically uh, he was a in season one he was an animal casting agent. Um, Spoiler alert! Right, sorry guys. Uh, just an inept boss who worked in a two-person office um, that he ran um, about the same intelligence level, if not less, probably less than Michael Scott. Yeah. <coughs> and um, played by yours truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, a heavier set, yours truly. And um, yeah, that was it. So Eric is a huge fan, for some reason, thank you, <laughs> of who is Todd Hammer. So because he's uh, been uh, clamoring for it, it's Todd Hammer versus Michael Scott today. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone watching this, pause it, go look on YouTube. Who is Todd Hammer? Get an idea for the character, and then you can tell us if we're right or wrong, or yeah. who gives a shit? Why'd you guys do this? Down? <laughs> well, now you know why, because Eric asked, and we have <coughs> delivered. Yeah, send your ire towards Eric. All right, so Doug, Michael Scott versus Todd Hammer. Well, Michael Scott is older, and that gives him experience. Also gives him frail bones. True, but not too much, too, not too much frailty. No, not as much frailty as one might uh, have, mm-hmm. even older. Yeah, I mean, Michael Scott. And he I mean, drinks yeah. milk. Michael Scott is in pretty good shape. He is. And Todd Hammer was not at the time. Correct. I mean, I would argue that, you know, Todd Hammer, the character, right. never will be. Well, it, we'll see in season two. <laughs> we'll see. Not the actor, right. the character. Well, I don't know. I'm not getting fat. <laughs> I'm not doing a mad, it's always sunny thing. Oh, come on. I'm just saying, no man. No dedication to the art. <laughs> so, yes. So, Michael Scott, good shape. Uh, Todd Hammer, not so much. I mean, Todd Hammer also, I mean, I know they're both kind of dumb, but Todd Hammer thought, I mean, he just bit right into a coconut. That's true. Definitely caused some dental damage. Yeah. Yeah. But he was also, uh, did not get a a tummy ache from any of that uh, fruit that he ate. (laughs) Rind and all. (laughs) Sure, he did eat the rind. He's also, I mean, he's easily deceived. He got the facts about going to Guadalajara. That's true. And he's like, Jeannie, this is uh, is a good deal. We should do this. But... Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> Puerto Vallarta, I'm sorry. Uh, fool him once, shame on you. Fool him twice, you, you'll probably fool him twice. So, yeah. yeah. So he's easily... Easily fooled, yeah. Whereas Michael Scott, I think he is very gullible. He's kind of silly, kind yep. of dumb. But I don't think he's that dumb. No, he's not that dumb. There's a Todd Hammer's a special kind of stupid. Right? <laughs> really, this should be Todd Hammer versus Ron Burgundy, is what we're finding out here. Because I, I think at the end of the day, uh, Michael Scott... He's got he's got a little bit more intelligence. He's got a little bit more fitness. Uh, he actually is 
like a, a good sale. So he's got some brains to him because he's a good salesman, and he can always call in Dwight. Exactly. And Dwight will Dwight will finish it. Exactly. Hands down, finish he was, it. D- Dwight probably did all the prep work, right. watched all the Todd Hammer episodes, and he knows him in and out. Like, it also seems like Michael Scott's got some disposable income, so you know agreed. he's got some stuff yeah. ready to go. And Practical you know, Joker. And Michael Scott kind of ha- has the ability to fly off the handle a little bit. Uh-huh. So I, whereas Todd Hammer is just, you know... He's a train wreck. He's just a train wreck. Yeah. You know, he, he would capitulate at the sign of first sign of trouble. Right. He couldn't even remember the thing he had to do that day. Exactly. Right. right. Dude, your callbacks to this are legendary. Thank like, you. I'm impressed. I'm like, I'm trying to remember all the episodes. I just remember you like working out one time and uh, eating a bunch of vitamins. And uh, <laughs> He did get a tummy ache from the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking out because you couldn't find a lassie dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it was a good premise, guys. Yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> Um, so I gotta say, I really think Michael. Oh, what happened? Look who's here! Eric's actually in the chat right now. Oh my goodness! Uh, Michael Scott wins on the ice skating rink, hands down. He's a fantastic skater. However, I think Hammer takes it otherwise. Although, although Scott did beat Dwight Schrute in a karate match. I'm gonna say this, Eric. Uh, why does Todd Hammer take it? Out? I'm gonna need facts to back this statement up because I don't think it's true, man. <laughs> The fact that he took Dwight in a karate match. Right. And it I, just, it Hammer's never done that. Hammer's not shown really right. much athletic prowess. Genie bosses him around at the end of the day, really. Yeah. If we're, if we're going to you know uh, call it what it is. Yeah. Uh, I got it, man. I, unless you come up with some real interesting thing. I got to say it's Michael Scott for the win. I agree. I think it's Michael, Michael Scott for the win! <laughs> I, I'd say nine times out of ten. <laughs> Whatever happens, Hammer wins my heart. This is why you're the best. <laughs> you're the best. I love you. Next time you're in Chicago, you're a guest on the podcast <laughs> for sure. Or next time Doug and I are, are doing our uh, our tour and we're out in, in New York, we'll uh, we'll have. Well, you I mean, you know, re- uh, upcoming project we'll be collaborating with Eric very very soon as Absolutely. well, which will be very exciting. That's so. true. Um, now here's the we can save it, mm-hmm. but I do want people to kind of think Todd Hammer versus uh, Ron Burgundy, yeah, because that one is a little bit more evenly matched. We'll get back to it. Real quick, I want to do something that Etoy07 said. Um, we're talking about sacrifice. He said, it's like how Tony snapped and died and saved everyone's future, but Hulk was the one who snapped and was the one that brought everyone back. But everyone forgot. However, it says, watch, he lost the use of his arm and maybe, who knows, gets cancer and dies two years later. It's a tragic tale of the Hulk. That's a, that's a fair point. I was like, yeah, no one celebrates the Hulk for right. uh, being able to bring everyone back. Tony wouldn't have been able to snap like that. If the Hulk didn't snap like that. Exactly. You know? Snap like that. Snap like that. I said snap like that. Girl, snap like that. I said snap like that. Snap uh. your back. Snap your back, you're dead. <laughs> snap your back. <laughs> oh, snap your back. Snap your back. You are dead. Um, you are broken. Uh, Justin, what do you have to recommend this fine week? Recommend or not recommend? Because uh, I... Mean, I have a do not watch. Oh, okay. I hardcore. Oh, no. Hardcore. Oh, no. Recommend, Doug, that you do not watch Dark Phoenix. Dude, why? Not good. Why? Not good. I'll tell you why. Because when I'm on an airplane. <laughs> I was like you were flying, weren't you? I use that time oh. to catch up on any bad movies that I. Because I, there, there's part of me that was like, I've got access to Jojo Rabbit. I've got access to all these things that I could watch. But I'm like, I'm on a plane. I want to see these things on a like on a TV or on a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch them on my on my iPad. So I'm like, what can what what do I what do I want to? I was I was curious. Why did people say it was so bad? Mm-hmm. Why did it get such bad marks? 
I got it now. Yeah, understood. Yeah, and I and I didn't need to see it on a big screen in order to get it. That's so I typically will save plane ride uh, uh, flights. I'll save the the iffy movies for those. That's typically, fair. sometimes I'll watch good ones, but do not watch Dark Phoenix. <laughs> not a good movie. There were little elements here and there, but man, Doug, we will talk off mic. I have thoughts. Oh, boy. Maybe we should I have save thoughts. it and talk on mic yeah. next time. Maybe. So uh, I will say uh, Mythic Quest, Raven, uh, Raven's Banquet. Uh, I think I uh, said that a, a little while ago. I finished this. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. If you're a gamer, mm-hmm. you will get far more out of it than I got, and mm-hmm. I already got a lot out of it. Nice. Really good show. Check it out. That's awesome. Uh, also, Breaking Bad's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to stick with something that's still uh, watching that I'm absolutely loving is The Outsider on HBO. Fantastic. Uh, I don't know how many episodes are in the season. I can tell they're... I'm sitting there going like, do we need another season? What? Can this be a one-season thing? This is awesome. So well acted. Again, I can't get over the cinematography in it. It's just... It's something just... It's the first time I've been blown away. Blown away. Yeah, right. And it's all faith. Um, And it's really just completely captured me. And I love it. And wonderful acting. And it's just absolutely fantastic. So Outsider on HBO... It's not done yet, but you can. It's nine episodes are out, so you can definitely hop into it and start enjoying it. Boom shakalaka! Boom. Oh, I did actually watch Jojo Rabbit though, not yeah. on the plane, but yeah, strong recommend. Cool. It was a t- Taika Waititi might be a genius. Yeah, he is so good. Love that. Guy. So so good. Love him. Absolutely love him. And we would love you guys if you would check us out on all of our social medias at MindGetPod Pod at MindGetPodcast. <laughs> Uh, so he's doing the live remix, guys. Social media. Podcast. Facebook. Twitter. Instagram. You can watch us live on Twitch. Ooh, ooh, that's twitch.tv slash mindgap podcast. Usually Tuesdays at 6.30 Central Time. Maybe Central Daylight Time once we sit forward. And then you'll have to adjust for us because we don't care about you. Go! <laughs> You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. I would love for you to follow me, and I might follow you back if you're lucky. Uh, that means nothing. Uh, while you're in the online realm, check us out on uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcast, wherever you can find and consume the podcast. Share us, like us, rate us, review us, all the things. Sharing is the big one for us. And uh, to com slash mindgap. And then just keep an eye on all two East 8th's social presences. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Twitch, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And we will see you all next time and have a dandy fucking week. Woo! Woo! Mind Gap Podcast.